the Arkansas's Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly podcast is powered by Crumble Cookies in the shops at Hilltop in Jonesboro and crumblecookies.com. So we're joined in studio this morning by Princella Smith, who is a Wynn, Arkansas resident at one point, uh, born and raised in Wynn, and mm-hmm. uh, now lives off in uh, the Franklin, Tennessee area near Nashville. Princella, I've seen your stuff on social media uh, for a while now. We wanted to have you in studio and uh, this morning, you decided to make the long drive from Nashville. <laughs> yes, I am so glad to be here. I'm going to tell you, it was a long drive, but I was looking, I have been looking forward to this uh, all week. So, good. yes, I'm glad to be here. And you guys do good stuff. Well, you know, our deal is uh, as a show that kind of covers so much of the state, we want to be able to help people on, on all different aspects of, of the stuff that's going on. And when when the wind tornado happened on March the 31st, I remember, you know, we all saw wind as this, um, it was just a tra- uh, tragedy down there, what we saw with the, uh, the devastation and the damage to the city. And then the more people that we talked to, Princella, and, and they were there on the ground and they were like, you're never going to believe it. You might see it on the news. You might see it on social media. But once you see it in person, it changes your life. Yeah, Brandon and Kelly, I mean, uh, you know, and Kelly is a wind native also, so we have that connection there. Wynn is one of those towns that your car can almost drive itself to where it needs to be. <laughs> right. That's how familiar, you know, basically it hadn't changed that much since I was growing up. Right. And so when I when I came home uh, right after the tornado, I got disoriented. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know where anything was. Uh, my parents live in a, in a nice neighborhood, and, like, those houses were torn up, messed up. I had to stop for a minute and figure out where to go. I went back over to where I went to school. The high school is completely destroyed. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad uh, runs an organization, a nonprofit organization at uh, it's the EU Deshay building, but we call it affectionately the park. Right. That building was a pile of bricks. It was gone, just nothing. Um, you know, my my uh, my grandmother's house was hit. My aunt Joyce lived in a trailer turned upside down. I thank God that she wasn't there. So when I, I look and reflect it is the high school administrative building completely destroyed where my mom works. Mm-hmm. So I personally feel blessed that I still have a mom. Yeah. I still have a dad. My dad could have easily been at the at the mm-hmm. park gym. In fact, it, in fact, he was at the gym and the police came by and they said, Mr. Smith, who all, who you got in here? And he said, well, it's just me right now. And he said, OK, we just want to count for when this hits. And so my dad, yeah, my dad left and thank God because my parents' house was structurally sound enough that it did sustain damage, but the structure was there. So mm-hmm. they survived. Uh, I, I, I want to make this plain for everybody. My, my dad's a pastor. Mm-hmm. Okay. My mom, they were doing that. My mom's a pastor's wife before I was born. Mm-hmm. Right. And my dad is a very strong man, former football player, big guy, six feet. Okay. He told me that they took cover. Uh, they took cover in the bathroom on the uh, floor, on the bottom floor, um, and they could hear the tornado over their house. Mm-hmm. And they said their prayers. Mm-hmm. And my dad doesn't. I, I can count on my hand how many times I've actually seen my dad cry or witnessed him cry. And for several weeks after the tornado, almost every time I talked mm. to him on the phone, he would get emotional. Almost every time. And when he told me that story. He was very he was shook like they my parents had PTSD. I mean, it it, it was uh, they really thought they were going to heaven. And Where, so I, I think about I could have lost my mom, my dad, my grandmother, my aunt. Yeah. Easily. All in one deal. And, and my cousin, my cousin, who is my mom's first cousin, same age, like could have lost her. Where were you the night of the tornado? I was in Nashville. I mean, it was crazy. I, I got a but my phone started blowing up, and they're like, "Hey, we're trying to locate mm-hmm. your mom." We're trying to like, oh and I was gosh. like, "Well, I knew there was a uh, 
tornado. I mean, I just didn't know how bad it was, and it and it got to me very quickly that they're doing search and rescue. Yeah. Where I got really nervous, I figured out where my grandmother was. I figured out everybody. You know, the phone signals were weird. Um, I couldn't find my dad. And I'm gonna tell you something. I don't care how old you are. I am 39 years old. I will be. <laughs> I will be. Daddy. Yeah, that's my dad. I will yeah. be 40 October 12th. And I, I felt like I was a toddler. I felt yeah. like a little girl. Where is my dad? Mm-hmm. I mean, and my mom couldn't. And then they were, they were trying. I think they were trying to send me messages. Wouldn't go through. And finally, the signal gets through to his phone, and he says. Yeah, I, 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 he said he finally texted me and said we're hit. Well, oh gosh, you, okay, Dad, don't like, tell me. That. But he did. So I'm like, are you hurt? Is this, <laughs> what is was this like a cry for help? Well, I finally figure out he's out doing search and rescue, trying to pull people out of out yeah. of the houses and buildings. Uh, walking up and down streets with my cousin Larry, trying to help people. But I was very, very shaken, and I have a heart for people going through tragedy because. Bro, you really don't know. Yeah. You could just wake up one day and not have your folks. When I went home and saw my Aunt Joyce's trailer upside down, I saw the wheels on the trailer. Mm-hmm. I was like, there's no way my aunt survives that. Yeah. She happened to be at the nail salon, Golly. which was a very structurally sound building. And I think the tornado didn't even go there, which we then found out, Brandon, they kept saying it was an F3. I said, no way. This has got to be at least an F4. Sure. Well, we found out there were two tornadoes. So oh, see, I don't think I even see that. that's why because I was like, there's no way this is an F3. Well, it was two of them. Right. So the damage to me looked like an F5 hit. Yeah. No. And that's what everybody yeah. who saw and we saw like aerial footage. There was a, yes, one of our friends that. did the drone footage. Right. And you're going, oh, my gosh. Uh, because, again, we had a tornado that hit the the city of Jonesboro back in, I guess it was 2020. And it did damage, right? It took out our mall and it took out Neighborhood, some neighborhoods yeah. uh, behind mm-hmm. it, did damage and stuff like that. But as far as pure devastation to one city. Uh, the tornado and wind was devastating to the entire the community. Yep. I mean, when you think that it was coming down the main road and took out so many businesses and mm-hmm. the school and, mm-hmm. and then the homes that it took out, um, when did you finally make it in? Did you come in a couple of days later? It hit my dad's church too, by the way. Basically, yeah. basically everything they do, oh, it hit. It, the church is not usable, so they're in a temporary place. I Tell came, me what I came home like, let's see, Easter weekend was the following weekend. Okay. Mm-hmm. And because at first they were kind of telling people, we know y'all want to come. Please yeah. don't clog up the roads. Yeah. I've done enough disaster relief to know they really mean that. Mm-hmm. And because I knew my parents were alive, they're okay. They weren't injured. I said, okay. And so I came home the following weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, my dad's church, my dad preached Easter his Easter sermon outside in rubble. There were folding yeah. chairs outside. Uh, I filmed it. Uh, and there were just people walking by. There was like this guy who like was some volunteer from Dallas or something mm-hmm. or whatever. And he just walked over, gave my dad some money for the church, hugged us and hugged everybody. Um, there were a lot of people having church outside that day. Uh, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Like I'm actually choking back right now a little bit because oh, I just yeah. was like, I can't. When I went, when is still separated by a railroad track, primarily mm-hmm. racially. When I went across the tracks to where primarily black people live, their houses weren't as structurally sound, mm-hmm. many of them. Brendan, Kelly, they were piles mm-hmm. of wood. It yeah. looked like a monster just picked it up and dropped it, if that can explain. It, looks like, it looked like a bomb hit the mm-hmm. town. Exactly, yeah. Bro, it, just, it looked like, just literally, I want everybody to imagine, like, little piles of like like toothpicks or something or matches mm-hmm. just where houses mm-hmm. were it just on a bigger level the trees were uprooted 
and upended big, huge trees. In my in my mom and dad's backyard, they got a big yard, lot mm-hmm. of forestry. Trees just look like somebody plucked it up like hairs. Well, and then when we saw it, it almost looks like it's a, a movie scene. Like this it is did, something that's really been does. created in Hollywood. Like this doesn't really happen. So the apocalypse. Yeah. So uh, one of our friends, Archie Mason, he was he's a yes. pastor. He's a pastor here at Central Baptist Church. But you know, he was a pastor in uh, in Wynn and got started in Cross County. He told us when he was down there, the emotion hits, tears come to his eyes. Kelly's first time to go back and check on family. As soon as she gets there, tears in her eyes. Yeah, it's a real deal. And then here's what's crazy, and we talked about this on the air. Uh, you know, a day or two after the tornado. Unfortunately, in the world that we live in, when uh, disaster hits, and, and so many of us are hit with uh, with bad news all the time, right? There's a news cycle. And typically, you know, everybody's going to focus on the wind tornado or the tornado in Little Rock mm-hmm. for 24 hours, 48 hours. And guess what? Then something else is going to happen. Yeah. And sometimes people forget. And nationally, we just kind of move on and we start focusing on something different. What you're telling me and what Kelly's told me from being there and everybody who's been on the ground there is just because it's been months since that tornado <laughs> happened. Right. The need is still there it's and still it's there. just as great as it was on March 31st. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's a very succinct and very good way to put that. Uh, it, you know, I, we know how to compare it to guys. Have you ever been around someone who lost a very close loved one, like a spouse? Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Everybody crowds around them for about 21 days, about mm-hmm. three weeks. And then people just kind of go back, right? Like, it's like, we're bringing food. There's a food train. There's a this. Everybody's coming to your house, checking on you every day. And it's not that they don't still care about you. It's just like, we're we're on. Yeah, it's life. Life goes on. And But that person, when the grief really hits, is when they're sitting in that house alone. And it's like, my spouse is not here. I am really in another space-time continuum, right? Mm -hmm. That's what has happened with when. Uh, There were people bringing in food. There were people bringing in blankets and clothes and this and that. And it just, you know, because the news cycle moves on, people move on. Mm-hmm. And but the need is still there. There are. A, I don't know. Do we get into this right now? No, of yeah, what the, what the I think need. we go. Let's, let's talk. Yeah, about so it. so Kelly and I, along with a, a beautiful young lady named uh, Kimberly Mosley, mm-hmm. who is a realtor. I think I got a great group. Right. Yeah. You got me. You got a realtor. And then you got Kelly, who's yeah. a radio personality and former educator. We got together and we formed this group called We Are Neighbors. Our website is weareneighbors.us. If you're listening and you want to find a way to volunteer, it's weareneighbors.us. We formed this group because we wanted to set up an organization to help win. Now, eventually, um, especially depending on how well this goes, and I think it will go well, we want to be able to just help in disaster relief period. But what we did was identify real needs that people have. Most importantly, it was why I'm glad we have a realtor in the group. These people need homes, man. I I mean, they need houses. And so that sounds really big to people listening to this. What about a house? Well, okay. So I have a number of elderly people in Wynn who the house is not completely gone, but like, hey, the roof is messed up. The floors are messed up. One lady, her cabinets are hanging off the hinge and things like that. So what I frankly, what we, I should say, frankly need are people with Tool belts, toolboxes, hammer, nails, whatever, to come in and say, hey, yes, we are neighbors. We will come in. I'm a handy person. I know how to fix fill in the blank. Sure. I know how to fix a floor. I know how to fix a roof. Uh, we are taking uh, monetary donations. But honestly, if you if you want to know where your money is going, hey, look. Go to Lowe's, go to Home Depot. What, what's here in Jonesboro? What, yep, what, you're oh, right. both. Yeah, yeah you're Lowe's, right. Home Depot. Hey, we need countertops, cabinets, closet shelves, uh, uh, plumbing fixtures like uh, faucets and lights. We need plywood. 
we need uh, sinks. We need uh, uh, insulation. If yep. you're, and we have a location in Wynn that will take it. So you can go to weareneighbors.us and fill out a form. Say, hey, I want to donate this. Tell me, you know, contact me. Tell me where to take it. It's uh, it's uh, the old junior high school on Martin Luther King Boulevard in in Wynn. But what I'll do is I'll coordinate with you and make sure the person who has the key can get you over there. If you're like, hey, I don't have time for that. I don't have time to help you actually put it together. But you know what? I'll give five, ten, fifteen dollars. Let me sure. tell you something. Small dollar donations add up. I used yes. to work on political campaigns, and people would say, I don't know if my little five dollars help. <laughs> no, it right, yeah. does because small dollar donations add up very quickly. But we really, really, really need people who are willing to work. There is right. a sweet lady, for example, Miss Miss Lorraine. In Wynn, Arkansas. I don't want to say people's last name. Sure, Miss yeah. Ruby. For people who know me, I'm not talking about my grandmother. I'm talking about another Miss Ruby. <laughs> uh, and she just need her husband died. She's a widow. Like she has really, really nobody. Yeah. She needs someone, some able-bodied people to come in and fix her floor and fix her roof. There's another pastor there. I'm not talking about my dad, everybody. <laughs> but there's another pastor there. He's like, hey, I can get all the materials needed, but I need somebody to come help me fix this roof. Right. So everybody who was like all gung-ho and we want to do something, we want to help, please go to weareneighbors.us or text me at 615-490-2890. 615-490-2890. Hey, I want to help. Tell me what to do. That. Yes, that is a Nashville number, but I am from Arkansas. Sure. I am I am on the phone as if I'm like an operator on the ground. That's yeah. what we really need right now. You know, um, as we look at how people can help, let's go through a, a couple different things I want to kind of uh, just accentuate. Um, there are people whose homes were messed up, like yes. you know the people you were talking about just now, uh, who might have lived on fixed incomes. Uh, you know, especially if they're elderly, they do live on fixed incomes. Uh, they're not out of their homes. They're living in mm-hmm. homes that are damaged. Yes. And they've been doing that since, Mar- since yes. March the 31st. They've done that through excessive heat warnings, yes. through rain and other storms. They're staying there because they have nowhere else to go. So the people who might be able to help, somebody who might be able to help with the roof or to patch a floor or any of the things that need to be done, uh, again, we just need people that are willing to say, hey, I want to help in some way. And Brandon, if you're one of the people who wants to do sweat equity, that's awesome because some people are funny about, I don't know if I'm just going to give money. Okay, come work. Yeah, we do. And I thank you, again, very succinct. You When I when I worked on political campaigns, you would have been a dream of a candidate. <laughs> uh, some of those guys I worked for, man, I had to teach them how to talk. But uh, – <laughs> And to and to that point, you actually were making a good point. To that point, right? Like, uh, there are groups that have existed at different times in America that they, uh, like, there was this one group. Um, I guess I can say the name, the, the Mennonite groups, sure. where they would just come in and in like three days they'd have somebody's house built, right. and they were just like these little. They'd rebuild, build, then it'd be another shift, another shift of them, and they'd build, <laughs> and this thing is done in three days, it's right? Crazy. Like so, so um, those get those groups have kind of come and gone. They mm-hmm. faded a little bit. I don't know if. They couldn't get a new group of volunteers or whatever. We want to build a group like that. I want to have a group of men and women who are like, hey, we're we're coming in. We want to do this. Here's what I love about Arkansas, right? I love being from this state because we love people so much. I've, I've had a flat tire before and been on the side of the road. 
and a random stranger came and helped me before AAA got there. Right, right? sure. I love that we lo- – I mean, the outpouring of love that Wynn received mm-hmm. in the in the weeks right after. I mean, people are like, hey, man, you know, I don't have anything. I, I own a barbecue place, right? But I'm, yeah. I'm just going to donate all this meat. I'm going to make sure y'all get fed. And trust me, people in Wynn – Really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to tap into right now in Arkansas is I know the heart of people in this state. I know there are some good church going men and women, well, what, church or not, I don't care. Just good hearted people who are like, yes, I will come do this. And look, college students who need volunteer hours, mm-hmm. people who are, you know, there's different people who need different things. And, hey, I need to check this off. I'm happy to sign a letter that you did it, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. But yes, sir, you, you hit the nail on the head. I, we need workers. I need people who are coming in and, and build. Think about the impact. <clears throat> uh, you mentioned Ruby, right? Yeah. Can I just pick Ruby? Yeah, let's pick Miss Ruby. Imagine you go to Ruby's house and you help her. Her problem was the floor. Yes, floors. So imagine floors you go in roofs. there and you help her with her floor and her roof. The difference you make for Ruby's life right there in oh that one moment. Yes. Like for you, yeah, it's a day that you might go and you might do some manual labor. Mm. But for Ruby, that's a game changer. And can I tell you all, too, like in this age of uh, social media and stuff, which I, I use it frequently, to to put up a picture, a video of like, here are these strangers, man. They did not know Miss Ruby, which, again, when people, I'm not talking about my grandmother, <laughs> uh, but they didn't know Miss Ruby, right? But I'm putting this picture up, and other people from when are seeing this like, oh, wow, like we're not forgotten. Mm-hmm. They didn't forget us. They didn't leave us. That generosity, it spreads. Mm-hmm. People, uh, you know the pay it forward thing mm-hmm. where like you pay for somebody's meal, then the person next, the next person, yeah. next person. It's because it spreads. Cheer spreads. Mm -hmm. Joy spreads. Happiness spreads. I want to show people anger isn't the only thing that can spread. I just, at the root of this, we are all human beings at the end of the day. We are not at our core a Democrat or Republican. We are not at our core, oh, you're white, you're black. You know what? That tornado didn't care what color anybody was that day. So... You know, does that make sense? Oh, I mean, equal oppor- the tornado is equal opportunity. Yeah, it hit it everybody. Matter, yeah. It yeah. hit everybody. So thank you for putting it that way. No, so when we when we look at the way that we can help, and again, if you go to weareneighbors.us, you can find all the information. There's different uh, there's, there's different tiers of ways you can help. Hey, I'd like to give some money. I'd like to give some supplies. I'd like to come in and, and do this help. Um, as, as we look at the damage, and again, I, I've seen the aerial stuff. I haven't actually been, I haven't driven through the city, but, you know, we have friends who have businesses there, and our ownership group is there. Um, the number of homes that were completely devastated or to the point where, you know, wasn't going to be a quick fix. Is that a number that's like, is it 20? Is it 50? Is it a hundred? You know what? That is a good question. I wish I had the number, but I will tell you this. That was, that's about close. I mean, it is double digits. It is tens of homes, meaning like. 50s, 60s. I mean, it was huge. Yeah, that's that's huge in a in a town that is less than eight thousand people. Yeah, I I can just tell you driving through. uh, So, Wynn has five wards. Okay, Mm -hmm. Ward four got hit the hardest. Even though every ward got hit seriously, but Ward four got hit the hardest. And I'm gonna tell you, I drove for blocks and blocks, and basically every house was hit. Yeah. So and, that's what and, I saw. Yes, that's where and, I was amazed. So by. that can t- you may be right in over a hundred homes. It's by the time you get done counting everything. So I can tell people. Um, I'm just going to frankly tell you guys. A lot of these people didn't have insurance. Or in the case of like my aunt, right? Mm-hmm. She was living in a trailer. She had good insurance, but the insurance covered her being in another trailer. Right. <clears throat> and some people have taken temporary FEMA trailers. My aunt said, "Hey, I I don't want to go back to a trailer. She sure. she's she's in an apartment temporarily right now." Um, and that's where we come in at We Are Neighbors. I am a, 
we are applying for a lot of money through community grants. And what we want to do with those community grants is there is a there is a fantastic company in Mayflower, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. They build what's called a a shell house. It's an insulated shell. It's quite brilliant. It's got doors, windows, everything. It, it's a house. Right. And then to I've seen just so you know, I've seen Kelly's show. Oh, they're, the they're amazing. Like, yeah. Right. OK. And th- these guys are they get it done quickly. I'm right. talking like 10 days. You've got a house. Right. Mm-hmm. So I want to explain this to your listeners. You do this. And it's about between sixty five, seventy thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. Then you hire a local contractor of which which we have plenty in Wynn, for City, Jonesboro, surrounding areas, sure. and you hire them to frame the interior. So like, hey, frame the bathroom, the bedrooms, this and that. So mm-hmm. it's it the frame of it, for example, their most popular one, that Decatur one, call it style, right? It's a two bed, two bathroom house. Mm-hmm. Okay. They quoted me and they said, Hey Princella, you tack on maybe three thousand more dollars. We will put in a storm shelter in mm-hmm. the two car garage. Now understand something. You're talking about seventy thousand for this shell. Sure. You had another three thousand for this this uh tornado shelter, and then we cut costs majorly by hiring a local contractor. So I want people to understand in applying for this grant money, I'm able to write out, hey, here's the plan, here's what we're gonna do. And by the way, we're gonna employ some local contractors yep. here. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about people in win. Being able to have a sustainable home, it withstands winds of up to 150 miles per hour, okay, with a storm shelter and a two-car garage. And so not only is this something that will keep them safe, it's something they can pass to their kids, generations to generations, from a lot of people who just, frankly, Brandon and Kelly, did not have structurally sound homes. A lot of these people... And when are you know, were living at or below the poverty line, mm-hmm. uh, they were check to check. And so I, I want people to know what we're doing with the funds, mm-hmm. even when we're applying for these grants. So if you if you decide, hey, I, I don't I don't know that I have the time or the skill to go help. But, hey, you know, Prince, I'll put in five, 10, 15, 20. That's where that's going to. Yeah. Like, does that make sense? No, it, makes, yeah. and, it, and, and, and shout out to that company, um, uh, 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 Morton Morton Buildings in Mayflower, Arkansas. And I'm just mm-hmm. going to give a shout out. If you're thinking you want to build a house, these guys yeah. are great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have, I mean, they spent hours with me explaining the process. I, I can't wait until we're breaking ground and, and building those types of homes and really transforming when the tornado was awful. I am I am very I am very religious. I am a baptized believer in Jesus Christ. I would never say, quote unquote, God sent or tornado destroy you know, people mm-hmm. died. I'm not gonna say something crazy like sure. that. But I do believe God works out horrible things for the good of his people. Mm-hmm. And I believe that even though I'm going to Ward Four where I grew up and I'm going block. Oh, did you block. grow up in? Yes, sir. Okay. I grew up in Ward Four. Yes, sir. I, I grew didn't up a kid on the block. Yeah. That's where my yeah. parents live in a nice, beautiful home. Now I did not grow up in that house. <laughs> I grew up in, in fact, in Ward Four in a five-room mobile home. Wow. Okay. It ended up. How many people? Uh, I have two brothers okay. and my mom and dad. So there were five of us. Wow. And I grew up right there in a trailer in Ward 4. Mm. I ended up being a greeter at Air Force One for the President of the United States. I know. Okay. We're going to get to that because <laughs> yeah, that's so, a pretty cool story. Yeah, stuff. so I got a pretty good story. But I grew, I am a Ward 4 girl. I grew up in – I am Win Arkansas. Like yeah. That is – I grew up Win Primary, Win Intermediate. I, I'm a yellow jacket. Uh, thank God for the, the sports program in Win because I got an athletic scholarship and it mm. paid for my, <laughs> my education. But the point is – 
that hurts me. Mm-hmm. That hurts me to look at Ward 4 and see that. And I'm like, you know what? I, I owe these people my life. All right. Mm-hmm. We're going to go back. We're going to build these homes and they will have something of monetary value and worth to pass to their children. I don't want to see any more basically toothpick, toothpick level homes yeah. Again, because we know, of course, this can happen again. It's not sure. No, you're talking right. about generational not change. Gonna, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Generational so I, I, I hope that helps give some context to people. So when I think about, and, and again, I haven't been through, I haven't driven through Ward Four, but I think about like my great my great grandparents' home, right? And it was probably a home that was built in the 30s or 40s. And those homes, I mean, over the course of you know all these years, things just happened. They might have been great homes at one mm-hmm. point. But things change, and all the different needs change, and the, the protection uh, things change as well. So those homes that were sitting there that were very vulnerable, much mm. more vulnerable than other homes. Yes, sir. And those are the ones that we're going out to, uh, to try to work through to start. And that's going to be the mm-hmm. deal, I think, with We Are Neighbors. And this is one of the things that Kelly has really hammered into me, talking to me. Yeah, you know, we're going to start this and win because it's a passion project for the two of you and with Kimberly as well. But the other part of that is, man, the next time that a, a storm comes through, after we get win, boom, it's, let's say it's Jonesboro, let's say it's Paragool, let's say it's Brooklyn, it's mm-hmm. Bono, it's Walnut Ridge. It doesn't matter. We want to bring people, communities, and neighbors together, and that's what We Are Neighbors is all about. Can I please, and again, weareneighbors.us. If you're getting fired up, it's weareneighbors.us, and also my number personally is 615-490-2890. You'll probably reach me if you text me first, and I know who you are, and I can call you back. I want to give a shout-out to the Arkansas Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly because you guys from the jump, like you, you laid out the vision it is there is nothing like a person who believes in your vision. You guys believed in us. You went out. I just want to brag on them because they're not going to brag on themselves. They have already raised money for us. We had a uh, meeting with the mayor at the end of July, which was very important because people had their they got their questions answered from the mayor. The mayor had not really done something like that necessarily right. uh, since the I, I'm not trying to. She was she's been very busy. She's done a good job, but sure. she. She had not been able to do a forum where people primarily in wards three and four could ask her questions. Mm -hmm. Well, Kelly, your co-host, as you know, got to work. Mm -hmm. She raised money. Uh, We were able to feed them meals from from Olive Garden, lasagna Mm -hmm. dinners uh, and ice cream. Mm -hmm. And just like they you don't know how many thank yous I got Mm -hmm. just that they were able to have a nice meal. Uh, you know, go ask the mayor questions, get follow ups to it. I've been following up on a lot of their needs mm-hmm. and they have been grateful because that gave a platform for them to get their questions answered. So I just all the listeners shout out to KFIN. Uh, these people are you guys are great. I we, mean, we you're, you're, you're great. Yeah. I mean, even we have raised some money already that's in the bank and that's just Kelly working and getting out there and you doing what you do. So uh we are very grateful. I wanted to make sure I got that. Thank you. No, yeah. uh, and thank you for organizing. Cause like it takes somebody like you, who's going to be strong and yeah. who's going to, who's not afraid to work and who's going to jump out in front of stuff to kind of get the ball rolling. Yeah. Right. Uh, and in a situation where we're sitting here and we're starting, you know, obviously there is a little bit of money that's been raised and that's awesome. And we have visions and stuff like that, but we really need to reach out and just touch people yes. and talk about how we can impact people. We can change their lives. We can help uh, kids and grandkids and parents and grandparents all by making little donations. And again, I think a lot of people have this misconception. Oh my gosh, I don't have, you know, $20,000 to give. I don't have $1,000 to give. I don't have $500 to give. That's okay. Mm -hmm. I want to compare it to, uh, I used to work in politics. I know we're going to get to that later. I Mm -hmm. want to compare it to this, whether you're talking about a Democrat or Republican, Barack Obama set 
uh, fundraising records. Donald Trump set mm-hmm. fundraising right. records. Both completely different people, right? But I'm going to tell you, most of their donations were between 5 and $20. God. Now, look, if seriously, That's if, crazy, if, yeah. if God is moving on your heart to donate more, please go to weareneighbors.us. I'm not trying to shut it down, but seriously, if you want to, dude, I'm telling you, five bucks, five, ten, twenty, fifteen. Go ahead. Go Here's ahead, the Kelly. thing, though. I think when there is some type of uh, like a, a tornado or earthquake and there's a disaster, most of us see it on TV or we see it right here. And in our heart, we literally are crying and we hurt for those people and we feel helpless. Like, man, I live in Arkansas. What can I do in Maui? I can't do anything. Mm-hmm. But there is stuff you can do, and that's how you set up that website. Well, and thank you, Kelly, because that is a very good point. Um, you know, the news cycle moves on, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, we the Today Show did do something recently, mm-hmm. but basically they have moved on, sure, right? Yeah. And so you're— Well, there's I mean, another tragedy. There's exactly, another bad there's news another story. tragedy. Yeah. And like you just said, hey, I can't do anything in Mary. Hey, guys, y'all live in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. There are people who need help in Arkansas. Exactly. And yes, Little Rock was, was definitely hit bad as well. But I'm going to tell you, we are over here in the Delta region— mm-hmm. We don't get as much money, even from the state, even mm-hmm. from like, and, and I'm not trying to take a swipe at anybody, but even FEMA insurance. I mean, I have talked to school officials. I've talked to business owners. I have talked to churches. It, it has been a process. There's a lot of red tape. There's a lot of red tape. And and here's the thing. When you endure any type of tragedy, even with the assistance, there's just stuff you're you're left out of. Like mm-hmm. my aunt lost Everything. She's a cancer survivor. Mm-hmm. My my cousin Marva, who is my mother's age, okay, they're first cousins. They grew up like sisters. She lost her whole house. And let me tell you something. Before that, she lost her son and her husband within a day of each other. Mm-hmm. This woman just oh put yeah, she just put her son and husband in the ground. Okay. Then months later, mm-hmm. she loses her entire home. Okay, so she had been living out of a, a, let's see, it was about two months she was in a hotel, and then FEMA uh, granted her a, a trailer. But understand the trauma of your— That's PTSD. You do exactly, it Exactly. You're, you're 65 years old, mm-hmm. and, and all, of the, all of a sudden your whole world is, yeah. is mm-hmm. upended. These are the people, guys, that, that you're helping. These are the—when you donate a small donation or when you go to weareneighbors.us and you say, Hey, Prince, I, I, I want to donate me. I want to donate my time. I want to bring my tool belt. These are the people you are helping. I hope that it's giving you some context to humanize this mm-hmm. and not for it not to just be a tragedy. Another thing, Kelly— you know, most people know Kelly is Kelly Perry is a beautiful woman. Um, I asked her to appear in an ad for us that we that we cut, and we're gonna have several versions of these ads. But if you go on our website, weareneighbors.us, and click on our TV ads, there's one extended one, and Kelly does a good job in that. Kelly and Kimberly on that, they do a great job explaining the humanity behind this tragedy. Go look at that, and go that drone footage um, that we got licensed to use. Is is I'm warning you. It would probably bring tears to your eyes. But Kelly did a great job in that ad. What <clears throat> What would people do? Um, let's say that you weren't out there being as strong as you are, and the organization wasn't there, uh, and these people they're, they're living in these homes. What would they do without help? What would they do without you being a voice for them? That just uh, gave me chill bumps. Like, yeah, I was gonna I say. Mean, just think about. It. I, I, I do have stuck. an answer, but Ke- but Kelly, do you want to do you want to hit it first? Or? Uh, They'd be forgotten, I think. They'd just be yeah, stuck, right? That's, I mean, that's really it. Yeah. With a home that's destroyed and they're just stuck there. Yes, and I'm going to tell you, like, there are a lot of people listening to you who are WIN alumni. Yeah. Hey, man, we need to help. Okay, it, it, I I have had this conversation with several people in WIN. WIN is not going to be rebuilt by only the people there. Like, mm-hmm. it is, Brandon, it's literally impossible. The people that are there are exhausted. They're exhausted. They it can't is, help anymore. It <laughs> is literally 
not possible. Yeah. So, yes, I have taken it upon myself, and I'm actually a, a film producer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I actually have a huge presentation coming up in front of uh, investors to get my stuff off the ground um, and funded. But this is important to me because I know I keep going – those are my people. Those mm-hmm. are my folks. These people watched me grow up. Some of them changed my diapers. Yeah. For like, like some, a lot of them played, watched me play basketball. <laughs> and let me just tell the, the listeners real quick. Her family, uh, if you don't know them, very charismatic family. You would absolutely be in love with her parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, no, I think thank you're you. awesome. I think they, she's awesome. They <laughs> have you. been. I mean, this is just a reflection of them. Like, she is her I parents. am both of them. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I think I'm equal parts, would you say? Yes. I think I'm equal parts of my mom and dad. Um, but they have been such you know i coach i I grew up in win i coached in win yes uh i took girls home uh from practice who didn't have rides home and Mm. i would take them to where mr smith worked i would take them to the park at the park and i would drop them off and i would see adults older kids come out there get them they would help them with their homework Mm -hmm. they take care Mm -hmm. of them they would feed them there would be grandparent grandmas from that that lived right around the park that would come and cook that they i'd I'd eat i would go play basketball at the park when i was in high school Mm. um and eat at certain people's houses and had the best food of my life I grew up there too. Now that, but I just love how her heart and her passion. Um, she had to start somewhere, and obviously, she's starting to where her passion is. Well, yeah. I, as we look at this, and I, I think thank, we thank you, Kelly, for what you said about my about my folks. Yeah. And I can even say Kelly's mother was my teacher. This yeah. uh, Gwen, she was my uh, teacher in seventh grade. One of my teachers. Uh, enjoyed her class very much. She taught us practical life skills. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kelly's father sold a lot of people insurance. Uh, he, was, I mean, they are they are staples in win as well, or were staples in win as yeah. well. So, I, I I hope that the listeners understand the connection, the family connection, because when Kelly and I got together, and actually Kimberly, I was talking to Kimberly first, the the realtor that I mentioned earlier yeah. in the podcast, and she said, "You know who we need?" And I said, "Who?" She said, "You remember Kelly Proctor, who's now the Kelly Kelly Perry." I said, really? She's like, yeah, she does the morning show. And I, yeah. and it's just so funny, though. I feel like we just jumped right in. Mm-hmm. I, had, I had not seen her in years, yeah. but that's what win is. You're bound by that mm-hmm. yellow jacket, win yellow jacket connection. Yeah. And we just like. It's like we've been working together for yeah. years or something. We both we both play basketball for yes. win. Oh, Kelly was a, she was a star. I right? watched her play basketball. You know, I coached there when she, she was did. playing basketball. Yeah. Didn't coach her. Uh, but then when I came back, I got to see her go play basketball. She got a full scholarship to Washtenaw Baptist, play basketball there. And so I got to see Priscilla, basically the seventh grader, eighth grader that my yes. mom was like, she's going to be president <laughs> one day. I got to watch her grow up and do all this political stuff. And now she's coming back to help the people that helped her become who she is. Well, and I think if we're going to pull the the curtain back or all the layers of the onion and say, okay, what's in this for you as a person? What's yeah. in this for Kelly? What's in this for Kimberly? Literally zero dollars. Yeah. It, no. It's merely. We, we are not getting paid. It's love and passion. Yeah. yeah. All the money goes right back into the project. It does. You're busy. You have projects going yes. on. You're trying to launch different stuff. Kelly's busy uh, all the time. Real, real estate. Really, yeah, yeah everybody's busy. busy. Yeah, like, th- you don't have to do this. Th- this is not something you have to Thank do. Thank you for pointing that out because I know a lot of times when people are like, man, they're asking for money. But a, a lot of nonprofits, and I'm, I'm not really mad at it, but this is the truth. A lot of nonprofits, they have to pay their overhead, right? Because yeah, they got to yeah, pay right. their staffers. Again, I'm not mad at it because that's where those people work. Yep. No, clearly Kelly has a job. She's mm-hmm. doing it right now. Yep. Uh, I live in Nashville. I have a whole life there doing my productions and films and books and things like mm-hmm. that. Uh, 
Um, and then my freelance work. And then Kimberly is a realtor. So, no, we are not taking a salary from this. And I don't think we'll – I'm not sure we'll ever take a salary from yeah. the group. It's just – it's a passion that we're trying to do. All the money is definitely going toward uh, right now win and then hopefully other places as well. Okay. I want you to walk me through something because yeah. there's a lot of this I've never – because I've never had to live through it. You know, I've been very fortunate, never had a tornado strike my house. Um, but in a situation like this, okay, let, let's say you had insurance – Insurance doesn't cover everything, mm-hmm. possibly, right? Maybe you have great insurance and it does. So then you think that the government's supposed to be there to help. Mm-hmm. That's what we hear of FEMA, that it's there for disasters mm-hmm. and natural disasters. And I just want you to be real blunt. Mm-hmm. So I would think, why are they not able to help? Why yes. can't they fully do this? Why do we have to raise money when there's supposed to be government money there? What does that look like? Well, thank you for asking the question because I actually get that question a lot when I started talking about, hey, I need this, need that, need yeah. toilet sink stuff to go in a house. Here's what people don't understand. Yes, FEMA is there. And I don't I think FEMA has done a decent job in mm-hmm. win. But, for example, uh, one of the buzzwords that kept going out was, hey, you can get, you know, up to forty thousand dollars in FEMA dollars and you can get a loan and you can get this. Well, Brandon, I have talked to a lot of people. Kelly, mm-hmm. I've talked to a lot of people. Most of them got. Under $3,000 from FEMA. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, okay. So if you lost your house. Sure. With everything in it. With everything in it, and you got $3,000, yeah. like, come on. It's like, like a stimulus package. It really is. Yeah. That is that is nothing. Yeah. And then, okay, on top of that, like, insurance, the, everybody has different types of insurance, mm-hmm. and insurance doesn't cover everything. If you've lost everything, it doesn't cover it. Also, everybody wasn't eligible for just, for example, my parents have really good insurance. Sure. So like their gazebo got hit, their storage got hit, everything got hit. Well, they, they, they've been moving pretty quickly. Like sure. every time I've come back to the house, something else is fixed. Mm-hmm. But I'm just going to be honest with you. Like I said, I grew up in a trailer. The nice home my parents have now, they they have evolved, right? Sure. Yeah. They, they, they have evolved financially. So my parents had good enough insurance to where like on their nice home, they're getting very good repairs. Okay. That is not the case for most of the people in war four, right? That most of those people, it was a minimal insurance Mm -hmm. or like another thing people got to understand how insurance works too. If, if, if your home was so like of low value that the the insurance makes an assessment and says, well, it's actually going to cost more for us to give you money to fix it. Then if you just got a new home, yeah. okay, well, they don't have money to cover the new home, right? Mm-hmm. It's sort of a big chicken egg thing. Like, what do I do? And then with FEMA, a lot of what they're pointing people to is like, hey, do you know you can get like a loan? Do you know you can get this? Well, if you're 61, 62 years old. Fixed income. you have- Right. Exactly. Your fixed income. Or even if you are still working, you're like, dude, I'm about to retire in six years, mm. five, four or five years, whatever. You you don't know that you want to take out a loan and then be at risk of being put out of that house when you can't make those payments. And see, that's another thing. Like you come to tell me, hey, I'm going to let you take out a forty thousand dollar loan. Guess right. what? I got to pay. It I got to pay that. Yeah, it's not it's not free money. Right. If I got to pay it back. Yes. And another thing is a lot of those people, even though those homes were clearly, as we can see, not super structurally sound. Sure. They still owe, owned it. Yep. Right. 
Right. Let me ask you this. So basically, you know what I mean? So some now you homes, went from like owning a home to now I don't own one, and now you tell me I got to go back and make payments. Right. Ugh. But it's kind of like if, uh, like you hear about a car, right? Oh, the car got hit. The yes. car's totaled. It's not worth anything. It's better just to build it back. So basically, you're telling me there's homes that essentially, in car terms, have been totaled. Yes. There's not much value yes, to the sir. home, but it's totaled. Yes, it. But they're stuck in them. Yes, sir. Because there's no money to do anything else. Yes, sir. That's and crazy. a lot of people have had to go out to Colt. For cities, some of them had to go get like, like when my aunt, she just had to like, she found um, an apartment in Wynn. And I, 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 I feel that I feel it most with my aunt because she really was just entirely displaced. Like yeah. she just she was like, you know, Princella, I, she's like, I had the trailer, but it was mine, though. You know, what I mean, it was it was hers. And she was she was comfortable in that space. It, it's just gone. And now she's paying rent. Larry's mom. Yes. Mm-hmm. She's paying rent. In a in an apartment, my aunt is in her sixties and a cancer survivor. Mm-hmm. She actually has retired from Cross uh, Cross Ridge Hospital, mm-hmm. so she just does a little job where she works with uh, a, a disabled young man, and she just kind of does that. My aunt doesn't have a lot of money. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. she's one of the people on my list that, like, you know what? We're gonna get her a home built. And again, she had insurance on the trailer. Not trying to go back into the trailer. Mm-hmm. And then there are people who she's still better off than some people. Like some people literally is just like, I have nowhere. They're bouncing couch to couch. The um the tenure at the uh at the hotels, mm-hmm. bro, they're running out. And like some of them, like by the time y'all air this, like their time will be up. What do you mean? What does that mean? Like, like they only have and they okay, so the Red Cross like paid for a certain amount of uh hotel time okay. for people sense. to stay in hotels. Okay. Well, they're oh my running gosh, out. But it's been months. It's, yeah, yeah, it's been run. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, okay. They're running out. So a lot of those people, the next thing was FEMA said, "Hey, you know, we're we're gonna give you a trailer, mm-hmm. right?" So some of them were able to get in a temporary trailer, but even that is like you're on a clock because FEMA is like either you're gonna have to like buy this trailer or you're gonna have to you know move out within a certain amount of months. And so all of a sudden, the, there's an ultimatum. Yes, and you, and you don't know which way to go. And and I will say, FEMA is like trying to help them see what their options are. Mm-hmm. But if you don't really have a lot of money to play with, you really don't have a lot of options. Does, it, does that make sense? It makes sense. Yes. So in a situation like this, and, a, and again, FEMA's doing what they can do. Yeah, they're right? doing what they can do. I, I don't want to speak no, bad and about that's FEMA. What, yeah, I, I, I want to clarify yeah, that too. But yeah, like, I don't want to speak bad about that. When you have, let's say it's 50 to 100 homes that are hit, FEMA can't take care of everybody's no, stuff. No, they can't. Because it's too many. It's too many. We're not used to the a big you know, neighborhoods being wiped out. And then out. they can't keep up. Because like, people like, doesn't feel, dude, like FEMA can't take care of you for like a year or two years right. like, you know what i'm saying they yeah. can't even that's not even there's like another a, disaster that yeah. just right happened. and so that's I, I i'm really glad you asked that question because i was talking to some people in memphis who were thinking about helping oh what about this and what about that and again valid questions but i keep trying to explain bro like they they don't have it bro like it, it is not and like i said you're talking about when arkansas mm-hmm. you're not talking about i live in nashville it's billions of dollars in that. Sure. Like right. uh, people yeah, right. go there and they work and they make money. You tell me when, man, these people's jobs were like some of these people making 14 an hour. I mean, they're, they're not making a lot of money. Some sure. of these people making 12 an hour. Some right. people are. This is regular small town. It's real life. It's real life. Mm-hmm. These, yeah. these, these people are not. Most of these people aren't even on salary jobs. They're on hourly jobs. Sure. Or they're on like 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 Kelly said, a fixed income. Maybe they. You know, maybe they're getting a retirement or something like these people are not wealthy. Mm-hmm. Th- these are not people who are like, I'm going to go play the stock market or I've got stuff right. in stocks and bonds. Like, you know, their net worth is 
like I saw a stat one time and said like the average a lot of these people are black, some are white. They it said like the average black person's net worth is like under a hundred dollars. And what they talking about is because it's check to check. Yeah, yeah. So if every time you get your check, it's going to something. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'll use my cousin Marva, for example, who I told you lost her she lost her son and husband within a day of each other. Mm -hmm. Uh both to just one the husband had been having some health issues. Mm -hmm. He died suddenly and then her son, who was my cousin, mm-hmm. had a heart attack, fell out in the yard and died. Because I think just the stress, right? I, so Within one day. Yes. The the dad died one day and my cousin Pierre died the next day. Can't like this, Yeah. So she just put them in the ground. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. And so I'm, I'm bringing her up to make a point. She has a, a job. She does have a job. Uh, but she loses that. She loses her, her house. Well, also her car mm-hmm. is gone, right? So the insurance that she had on her car only paid for a rental car for like I think it was something like thirty or sixty days. Mm-hmm. So then that was gone. So then she's she's been paying for a rental car. Like she's been coming out of debt mm-hmm. every week, like to renew and pay because they're like, oh, we're only going to pay that up to a certain point. See what I'm saying? Like yeah. you go from like, hey, I may have an old house, I may have an old car, but it's mine. Sure. Yeah. And you go from that to like. I'm having to make payments on everything now? No. And and so like I have I think I have a pretty good job, right? At the same point though, right. like if something happened in my in my insurance didn't cover my house being messed up. Yep. I don't make enough money that all of a sudden I have a ton of money that's put it. back. And Thank it does because we all live up to our means. Right. And that's gonna be what a lot of people do. It doesn't matter what the income level is, we right. live to our means. Most people do that. Yeah. Um Let's do this before before because uh, I have other stuff I want to talk to you about too. Just kind of your life is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, speak to people right now who are hearing this or who have shared this, who are like, ah, I don't know anybody in Win. You know, I live in Arkansas, but I don't know anybody there. Why should I help? Uh, you know, maybe my money could go do this or that. What would you say to those people? Why are you working so hard to help these people? How would how would you make them say, Hey, you know what? I need to do something. I'm working hard to help these people. Um, First of all, I look, I am a I am a believer in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I, I am a believer in something called uh agape love. The Hebrew is chesed love. It's spelled C H E S E D. I lived in Israel for a while. Yep. If you really want to understand the Bible, understand the Hebrew behind it, the in the language it was written. A chesed love is love that seeks nothing in return. Uh theologians call it the love of God operating in the human heart. And when you rise to love on that level, you love a person not because you like them, you love, mm-hmm. but you love every person because God loves them. Mm-hmm. So I'm not trying to get super spooky spiritual on everybody, but understand something. We are all children of God. Mm-hmm. We were all put here with a purpose. If you have breath in your body, you are a human creation. Now, I have or you are, excuse me, a divine creation of God. I have explained that I am from when and I love these people dearly. So I feel a responsibility, right? I Knowing my ability, knowing my connections, knowing what I have the ability to do. I know how to write a grant. I know how to get this money. Yeah, I feel like I am supposed to do this. But why other people should join me is, hey, that storm might come to your town. That, that this The next tragedy may be where you are. Let's put out the energy that we want to put back to others. We are all here together. If you don't believe this, look what happened with COVID. We found out really quickly how important our delivery drivers were. We yeah. found out really quickly how important that clerk is at Walmart, that person who's standing, right? We All of a sudden, how important were celebrities when COVID hit? We didn't care about a celebrity, right? Yeah. right? So, so we are all in an ecosystem together. What happens to one person truly happens to all of us. We can look at the news and detach from that. 
But let me tell you something. When it happens to your town, mm-hmm. when it happens to your neighborhood, when it's somebody you know and you're feeling that tug in your heart, like, dude, that's my friend. That's my person. Trust me, you're going to want everybody in the universe to help them. Mm-hmm. So what you're doing and when you bless others, that comes back into your life, right? When you put out good energy and good vibes, that spreads to everything. The same way that this ignorant, foolish anger in the political sector has bled out. Do you know what's even more powerful is when love bleeds out? Oh, it's yeah. when happiness. What? If you Why don't can't believe, we get there, though? Why I, can't I, we all get I, there? I, I don't know, but I can tell you this. If you don't believe what I just said, go somewhere and, start, and bust out laughing. Act like you cannot contain your laughter and watch everybody (laughs) else around you laugh at you laughing like that is how contagious do it with do with a baby just start laughing all of a sudden with a baby Mm -hmm. and they watch you long enough that baby is cracking up like seriously Mm -hmm. it spreads so if you want to spread joy and love in the world and some people like man if i if I was a billionaire like Elon Musk, dude, I wouldn't be doing what he's doing. I'd be spending money to change the world. You don't have to be a billionaire. Mm-hmm. You can be a a ten a ten dollar in there and yeah. put in ten dollars. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah, you could be you could be somebody that says, "Hey, like I said, I don't I don't want to give money, but I, I I got a tool belt and I've got some skills. I know how to." I know how to tighten up a cabinet. I know how to help fix a roof. I'm bringing me and two guys. We're gonna come out here, or two women, or whatever. We're gonna come out here. Then. Go to weareneighbors.us and do this. That's that's why that's important, because we are all on this planet together. Let me ask you something. And this is. And, I hope I explained it. No, it yeah, no, I think you did. Yeah. I think you did fantastic. That was John Smith Jr. that just came out. <laughs> yeah, that Hebrew. <laughs> no, I, I want to ask you this though, because I think it's yeah. interesting, and this is not based. And we'll get back and we'll do a final wrap on the the plug for the website and stuff like that. What's your purpose? You mentioned purpose because yeah. you had you had political aspirations mm-hmm. at one point. You've written books. Mm-hmm. You've done movies. Mm-hmm. You want to work with Win. But what do you think your ultimate purpose is? My my purpose is to affect the world. My purpose is to shine a light in the world. And I have known that since I was a little girl. My my parents raised my brothers and I with an awareness that you are not on this planet as an island unto yourself. Mm-hmm. So in any way that I can affect and make change in the world, that's what I'm going to do. I moved from politics to more of the I did media, you know, the media sector for a while, and then now just straight out production, entertainment, and books, mm-hmm. be- and because I'm using that to affect culture. So if you, the big projects that I'm working on right now all have to do with the Oklahoma City bombing, right? They're survivors of the Oklahoma City bombing. Now, I'm not trying to get way off topic here. I'm no, trying to no we'll go there. Yeah, I, this I, is 94, 95. What year? Yeah, it happened 1995. Very okay. good. Yeah. Very good. Some people no, remember. Now, no, that's good. That's, I remember being that's with my good. grandparents. I know where I was. I was at my grandparents' car dealership. Yeah. The news came on, and yeah. there was this big devastation, mm-hmm. uh, and I lived in Texas, mm-hmm. and it was Oklahoma City, and yeah. I remember being glued to it. Like what, in, like, the what in the world that was, just happened. That was the first time America was really shook like that as it far as terrorism. Like, yeah, that's yeah. What I was say. It felt like terrorism, and I guess it was. It was. It was domestic. Yeah. It was domestic terror. But, you know, people asked me when I first started writing on it, right? So I got I got a couple books on Amazon about it. But people first kept asking me, like, oh, because I have a political background. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, are you going to talk about the conspiracy theories? Are you going to talk about Timothy McVeigh? Remember who, who was the guy who lit the bomb? Yep. And I said, no. <laughs> I actually interviewed. Now, I did interview the police officer who arrested Timothy McVeigh. Mm-hmm. It's good intel. Yeah. But the stories are about the survivors and the first responders. Mm-hmm. The firefighters that day were magnificent. Mm-hmm. And I've got some amazing stories about how they did their rescues, mm-hmm. how they got through their PTSD, how they're even changing the world today. And then one of my characters was a blind Native American man 
who saved five people in the bombing. So wow. one of my three projects on this subject is just about him. Now, here's the point. I am using what I believe to be the most powerful medium in the world, which is film and entertainment. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they For a long time, they said the most powerful method of communication is a film. I think that might still be true. A movie. Mm-hmm. I am using that to affect our culture. What I want the world to go back to is regardless of tragedy, regardless of how big it is, you can certainly say this is true for America, but I think you can say this is true for the world. When we see a human wounded, all of a sudden we say, hey, we got to come together. Mm -hmm. Like literally people from all over the world were sending blankets, food, first aid, uh, money to little Oklahoma City. And it showed, I'm the title of, I've got two film projects in it, or actually three Two of them, one is Walk in the Light documentary, one is a Walk in the Light animation, and then the the feature film is Beauty for Ashes. Mm-hmm. You hear those titles, Walk in the Light and Beauty for Ashes. Yeah. That tells you what mm-hmm. I'm doing with that. Yeah. Is McVeigh in it? Yes. Obviously, you need McVeigh in it sure. because you got to explain what happened, right? Mm-hmm. Do, you, do we show the motive of Timothy McVeigh? Yes, we do. But he is not the star of the show. Mm-hmm. The star of the show is Chris Fields, the firefighter in the famous photo with the deceased child. Mm-hmm. The star of the show is Raymond Washburn, the blind Native American. I keep bringing up these Native American yeah. because the name of his tribe uh, is the Yuchi tribe. They're Muscogee Indians. Mm-hmm. These people, they call themselves children of the sun. And here's this blind man, born blind, who worked in the building and managed to save five wow. people because he knew how to get out of the building using his sense of direction. He led by the light of his heart. Because he is a children of the sun, right? So I use his Native mm-hmm. American heritage sure. to kind of show this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the star of it is a Dana Bradley who lost her mom, son, and daughter in the bombing. She lost her right leg. She had to be amputated on site, but she hobbles up bravely to the witness stand and she points and says, "It was Timothy McVeigh who I saw get out of the truck, and there was a truck bomb." Yeah. So, so you you ask me my purpose. Yeah, mm-hmm. I moved from government to media, to just being behind the camera and entertainment. but It's in, all intertwined. It's all know? intertwined because in everything I've done, it's been to shine a light in the world. So, yeah, I'm in entertainment, but it's I'm doing real stories. I'm not doing, yeah. you know, something made up, which, hey, we need those too. Right. Sure, yeah. We need those yeah. movies too. But that, that that's my purpose, man, is to be a light in the world. Of all the tragedies, though. I'm, in, I'm interested. Yeah, why, in, why was it that one? No, yeah, why is it Oklahoma City? Because why was it not 9-11? Why yes. was it not Columbine, West Side, whatever the story? Why this one? Good question. And I might do stories yeah. around that. Okay. Colum- Columbine has a lot of good side stories, um, as tragic as that was. But what hits you about it's Oklahoma, Oklahoma City? Oklahoma City because I – this is why I appreciate what y'all you? do. Oh, gosh, I was 11. You remember? Yeah, I do okay. remember. I was in the fifth grade. I'm going to tell you what I mostly remember about the bombing. You remember the perp walk, Timothy McVeigh in that orange mm. jumpsuit that yeah. just that the picture of Timothy McVeigh. I just my dad and mom watched the news all the time. Yeah. My dad used to lay on the floor. We had that floor model TV. Mm-hmm. And I just remember Timothy McVeigh, Timothy mm-hmm. McVeigh. So I, I was 11. You know, I, was, I knew it was bad. I didn't really understand. Yeah. But, yeah. but how I got into it was I appreciate what y'all do because you do radio. Mm-hmm. I had a radio show on KRN Little Rock, the mm-hmm. Cumulus station, big yeah. station there. Right. And people would want to come on all the time and promote stuff. So I owed somebody a favor. I, I really was, I don't like promoting stuff. I don't know. If, if I don't care about it, I don't know. But this guy was like, hey, I, I really need you to do me a favor. Like, my friend needs to push her book. Okay, fine. So her book was about losing her grandsons in the bombing. There it is. And that got there me because she started talking about forgiveness. I said, ma'am, excuse me. And I'm a Christian man, but I was like, you what You're now? not forgiving anybody. Yeah, I was like, for what, ma'am? Yeah. Like, if any, if there is any 
tragedy where it seems unforgivable, mm. it was the Oklahoma City bombing because if you remember, there was a daycare on the second mm. floor. So Golly. you had nine, I don't remember that. Yes, 19 children dead. That's awful. Of the 168 people who died in the bombing, 19 were children. Mm. So if you— was it a federal building? It Is was a right? federal building. Yeah, McVeigh was, you know, angry at the federal government for several things, and okay. he picked he picked that building because it was a soft target. Okay. Uh, you, Oklahoma City, right? Nobody, everybody's relaxed, and yeah. now, you can do that today. Sure, but in 1995, mm-hmm. you know, no, they, I mean, they you lived, don't know though. Yeah, That's they, what's scary about today. You don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm, well, I guess what I'm saying is they, they, the they security. Better, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you, you hope. Know, yeah, you're not gonna park a rider truck. Yeah. So the rider trucks back then were yellow and black, like the Penske trucks. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna pack some humongous truck and park some truck in front of a federal right. building. There is no way. You will be swarmed yeah. by people. Hey, move this truck mm-hmm. and what's in it and what are you trying to do? Sure. Right. But so she, her angle was forgiveness and sort of how she got through this tragedy. And I started on a journey to kind of help her push her story more. But what ended up happening was I did more research and found these amazing stories. And it just hit my heart. Like, man, the, America needs to know this. Like we need, and and we, it was right around the time that we were starting to kind of turn the corner in politics to kind of, we're starting getting ugly again, start getting nasty. So I've been on this for a few years and I said, you know what? We, we need to go, people need to remember that this happened. Mm -hmm. Cause like, I'm going to be honest with y'all. We're kind of on the verge of it again. We're kind of on the verge of a lot of little domestic terrorists. If you look at the news, the FBI has thwarted so many bomb threats mm. lately. Like there was one uh, in Nashville, like just recently there was a bomb threat. Uh, yeah. Then a bomb went off in Nashville. Was it the one downtown? Yes, that went off in what year? It's a couple of years ago. 2020 or something around Christmas. Like, yeah. Uh, even oh, yeah, the, you're right. Even the January 6th attacks, there were pipe bombs mm. at the RNC and the DNC, the Republican headquarters and Democrat. Um, so we're kind of in this hotbed time mm-hmm. again. I, I really want to remind America of how we come together at tragedy, but also, hey, we don't want to repeat this. Mm-hmm. Let's it, let's not do this. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. Twenty eight years ago. That, yeah. That yeah. Twenty eight. Yeah. When you think about that. And again, it's a news cycle. And there's a lot of people who probably, oh, gosh, I remember seeing that now. Do you think that was the first tragedy yes. that you remember as a kid? Because I can tell you mine. It was. I remember, and, and I think we have the same experience in very different places, but I remember watching uh, the Challenger. Challenger. Exchange. Yep, that was mine. Uh, and we were in school, and I think we were watching, I think we were in school, or I just remember watching that and thinking, oh my gosh, here we go, we're watching this this cool thing go up, into the space shuttle go up into the air, and then boom, and all of a sudden, we're as a kid, around, like- it seemed like it was a movie, There's like it couldn't be real, uh, and I think it's interesting, that, you know, those tragic moments kind of... They they hit a spot. Yes, because us. I just looked. So that was eighty six that it exploded. Yeah, uh, yeah so it was they, nine. Yeah, I was nine years old. Yeah, and see, I I would have been three years old at the time. But yeah. like the um, Dave Chappelle talked about that. He talked about how in some ways we we're a little desensitized because it's like the next tragedy. Right. The next, yeah. But y'all, like you said, you're in real time watching this yeah. and watching something bad happen. And see, in a way, y'all had it worse because, like, remember nine eleven. The cameras came on. We were at school. The cameras came on and the TVs came on after the first building had been hit. Yeah. Y'all were literally watching in real time, expecting something good. Yeah. That's that's traumatizing. Like, oh, yeah. I, you know, yeah. a lot of people have talked about people your age, like kind of being traumatized and having what, to go was home. It during and, school? Do you know what day? Uh, any idea? It was, was, it it was January 28th, 1986. But it doesn't this say the, the, the actual date of the week. 
For I some reason, I feel like I was in school. I might not have been, but it feels no, like I was No, I think it was school, school because I feel like Dave Chappelle talked about this. Like we were all sitting around watching a TV that was strapped to like a big cart, and all yeah. of a sudden this thing explodes, right. and every yeah. kid goes, oh my gosh. And, and teachers freak out because teachers don't have answers, and they don't know what's going right. on. Yeah, nobody knew what was going on. And it reminds me of 9-11 because I was on the radio. It was my first year on the radio. Um, it was a Tuesday. I just looked it yeah, up. Yeah, so we were in school. It was a Tuesday. Yeah, and, and, and even like 9-11, right? The first building had already been hit, yep. and so all the TVs came I out. remember it came on. We were on right. the air live right. when the next one came through. And the first one we thought was just an accident. Like an accident. And yeah. then when the second one hit. But even with that, we had a little bit of prep because we saw something was wrong. Yeah. With the Challenger, y'all had no prep. Yeah. It was just like, oh, yeah, we're going to watch. And then, and then that happened. Yeah. Yeah, it was it's crazy. Horrible. Yeah. Uh, it's funny how those tragic moments um, they you stay know, with you. They stay with you. Now, you imagine get, living through it. Right. Right. Imagine yeah. like being in it, being. A, see what I'm saying? So these stories I'm telling, like these survivors, I've gotten their permission. I did the research. I've been to Oklahoma several times in the museum. I, I'm answering that because a lot of times I get those questions, mm-hmm. um, and they have thanked me for. They said, "Hey, thanks for." Working so hard to get our stories up. Right. So yeah, hopefully you're not forgotten. Even though it's been 28 years, yes. you're not forgotten. And hopefully I will be back on here telling y'all when people can go see those films. Let's well, talk about. Yeah. The, uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, you're showing that humans can be superheroes, too. Yes. Um, you know, instead of like Marvel and DC. They don't have a cape and tights. But right. Yeah. But they're actually extremely able to help people. I mean, uh, I appreciate you for saying that because I was I was pitching this to another person. And that was a line I used. I said, hey. They didn't have a, a cape and mm-hmm. tights, but these people are heroes. Mm-hmm. And and we spend all this money on Marvel movies. And I get it. Yeah. It's because they can you – know, the merchandise, yeah. they can make so much money. But these are real heroes. Mm-hmm. These, these are these are people who, hey, they went in not knowing was the rest of the building going to follow them, whatever, right. and, and, and jumped to the – we hear about the deaths, but a lot of people were saved because of these first responders. Mm-hmm. So. I want you to go back. I'm going to give you the time to talk about the books again. You said the books are on Amazon. How can we find them? Yes. So I have a children's book on Amazon. It's called The Firefighter's Hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is – it's actually – it says by Alan Hill with Princella Smith. Like, mm-hmm. it's my creation. Alan Hill's one of the hero firefighters. And it actually is in honor of the 19 children who passed. There is another book. It's a memoir uh, of Florence Rogers, and it's called Mother Goose. So if you type in Mother Goose Princella Smith, mm-hmm. you'll see it. It's like – it's over 200 pages, but it is. I mean, if you want an idea of what happened that day with the bombing, that's it. Florence Rogers was um, the CEO of the credit union at the time, which was on the th- it was a nine floor building and the credit union was on the third floor. Mm-hmm. She lost 18 of her 36 employees oh in that gosh. bombing. So I mm-hmm. ba- basically pinned that book for her. Uh, it's kind of like. You know, it's her voice. It's her talking. She gave me the research. But, yeah, that, that's that's. Yeah, how do you book. get over that? Yeah. How do you get over that? I'll I, I tell you what. You I, everybody who's told me they read the book, they said they couldn't put it down. Mm-hmm. The incoming books, um, Beauty for Ashes and Walk in the Light. Brandon and Kelly, I'm a nut. I'm releasing those books at the same time. I'm releasing them mm-hmm. as a pair mm-hmm. uh, coming this fall. Like, like super soon like those books will be out and they'll be on Amazon and a lot of other places. So the film, you said you want to do a film with it, right? Yeah, the films like so basically I'm give I'm basically putting it in these books so you can have it, read it, it's in your hand. Mm-hmm. Um even though I wrote the scripts first. Right. <laughs> uh, but these books um like I said one film is Walking the Light, the other is Beauty for Ashes mm-hmm. and basically the books are the movie. So in a situation, like you said, you're going in for a pitch meeting, right? What's yeah. a pitch meeting about? So you go, okay, so what's coming up for me uh, on September 13th is, and this is where Nashville's been very good to me, I've been in this uh, entrepreneurship program for artists. And so uh, me doing film, um, that's my art. Mm. 
well, we take classes, whatever. So fast forward, I finished top top eight in my class. And if you finish their top eight, uh, you get to pitch your project to a room full of art lovers, wow. investors, agents, uh, some of the, and, and you are, are competing for four prizes. Like there's a Southwest Airlines prize. There's a Piedmont gas prize. There's a, a fifth, third bank. I don't think there are any in Arkansas, but there's a bunch of them in, in Tennessee. Sure. And they're prizes. And these cash prizes go towards your project. And not only that, these are investors. So I'm like, hey, I need X amount of <laughs> right. money. Yeah, they're like, hey. Okay, Princella, we liked your pitch. Let's go. It's almost like Shark Tank. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like Shark Tank for Nashville, except there's an audience, too. So there's an audience vote. So I am looking very forward to it. Yeah, I'm looking very forward. It's a big deal. My parents are coming. Uh, My my grandmother's coming. I've got a group of people coming. It's like, hey, y'all got to sit in the audience and vote for me. I'm um, just sitting here like, <laughs> to me, like just listening to how convincing you are in the way that you talk. Hey, did, like, I, paint a, did I paint yeah. a good picture? Yeah. Did, did I? No, it's just like, dang, she's going to win this. Up. <laughs> I'm try- I, listen, if, if I could do one thing is I, I could talk. Yeah. Uh, so I'm trying to, uh, you know, I, I, here's the thing. I feel honored that I was selected. I mean, I'm competing against one young lady and she. She graduated from Berkeley. I mean, her art is dance. It's interpretive dance, and she she interprets, like, his history, like, different stories in history. Another lady I'm up against, she went to Harvard and Stanford. Like, these are – I'm like, what am I doing joke. here? Yeah, it's not, it's, a, it's joke. not a joke. Like, what am I doing here? But but you can communicate. I, I can, and I think that's going <clears> to <throat> play well for me. So hopefully yeah. hopefully I win that thing. All right. But a couple more things, I know, and I know you got to get back. Like – this sucker drove all the way from Nashville to come in here for this interview, and it's driving all the way back. Four, four and a half hours. Yeah, I know, and I got to turn around and go right back. Uh, yeah, so you must uh, you must think highly of coming in here. Uh, communications director on Capitol Hill in Washington, mm-hmm. D.C. What in the heck? Yeah, I uh, was a communications director on Capitol Hill. Uh, basically, that person is in charge of press. It's not just the press person, like, or not just the press release and not press. I was in charge of their website. I was in charge of any media event. Um, but, like, for who? Like, when oh, you're on so Capitol that, Hill. So that – Congressman, his name was Joseph Gao. He right. was the first Vietnamese American elected to Congress. Okay. Uh, he was at that time, uh, that district was was heavily Democrat, and he was the only Republican to get elected at that time. It was very interesting, and so uh, that was an interesting experience because really it had nothing to do with partisan politics as, in that regard because it was recovering from Katrina. Oh, gotcha. so a lot of what we were trying to do was just help with recovery in Katrina. So I've I've had some experience in disaster relief. But how did you get there? Like how all so, of a sudden are you on Capitol Hill? I know. So like I started with internships in Arkansas. I interned for Mike Huckabee. I interned for Win Rockefeller. God, God rest his soul. Um, and then I, I, I was uh, interned for John Bozeman, who's now the senator. Yeah. Um, and then I got involved in just sort of some activism. I wrote a speech, again, with the communication. I wrote a speech and won a speech contest, and I spoke live at the uh, at Madison Square Garden. And it was at the – by the way, I identify as an independent now for everybody who's wondering. <laughs> but it was at we're the – We're going to ask it. No, I, I just – because I know we're in such a hotbed no, time no, that I people know. might be like, I'm not going to help her. She's with – look, I am truly an independent at this yeah. point. I, I used to get annoyed with that term, but I really am actually an independent. I, I don't fit in either party anymore but at the time hey, I was, you're helping people that's all that matters yeah, it doesn't at, matter what political at, at the time it was the Republican National Convention it was Madison Square Garden it was prime time uh, <laughs> with with Laura Bush spoke that night mm. Arnold Schwarzenegger spoke that, spoke that night I was a greeter at Air Force One for President Bush Condoleezza Rice how old were you there I was 20 okay were you just like yeah. yeah it was it was nuts man 
This is dumb. She's it was age. nuts. Brandon, she's Kurt's age. It so, was nuts. So Madison Square Garden I is would, known yeah. as the most famous oh, arena yeah. in the world. And You're I in t- New York City. I took it, man. It was like, <laughs> if you, it's like it's like when you watch basketball. I'm a huge NBA fan. Yeah. And they always talk about how when players go play in the Garden, they just want to show out. Like yeah. Steph Curry had a big game. Michael Jordan had several big games there. Uh, Kobe Bryant. They they had big. It's something about Madison Square Garden. Yeah. It is a. It's the mecca. Oh, my gosh. It's the mecca of you entertainment. You have to turn it on. And I did. And I did well. So that opened a lot of doors no, for stop. me. Stop. You're not going past that. You're at <laughs> Madison Square Garden. Yeah, I was there. You're about to walk up on the stage. Bro, what in the world was going through your mind? My mind was like, so I grew up with a dad as a pastor. And my mind just went back to that. It went back to my grandmother who taught me how to do public speaking when I was a little girl. Yep. It just went back to like, you've got to give them the juice that, but be humble. Yeah. I, can, I can hear your dad. <laughs> I was. And it was like, give them the juice. Yeah, it wasn't like but an arrogance. But you were just a baby. I was 20, bro. I was literally just finished my sophomore year in college. And like, shout out to Washtenaw Baptist University because they had watch parties. Like, they were like, we're cheering She Princella. played basketball four years for Washtenaw. Yeah. But I'm just And they were here. cheering like, that is, that girl is going to be a junior. <laughs> at, like, I was, I, it was, that happened in August of 2024. And then I started my junior year, like a couple of weeks. Uh, no, no, 2004. 2004. 2004. 2004. Yeah. Junior, okay. junior, in, junior in college. Yeah. And I was about to, a few weeks later, I started my junior year at, at Washington. And everybody was like, Arkansas cheered. Everybody, and I had to get, I had to get more. They did a, a state of the contest where like, you got to get votes. Go get, get people to vote for you yeah. online. And that wasn't the total thing. Because actually, I'm not sure that I got the most votes because it was a combination of votes and then does the rnc pick you mm-hmm. does people and, and they and they picked me so you're there you mentioned laura bush yeah. you mentioned arnold schwarzenegger yep. you're looking around <laughs> celebrities yeah t- everywhere who yeah. all did you see it was like celebrities and political i mean you saw oh you remember carrie struggs see, at the time these people are oh, yeah, yeah. Carrie Strug, the gymnast she's there uh joseph joseph phillips from the cosby show is there uh like gosh, uh, Outkast, the 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 hey. rapper Andre from Outkast, yeah, I, he yeah. interviewed me. Uh, MTV, I'm doing those interviews. All the famous journalists are there, Were and you, it's just yeah, like that's crazy. It was it was so fast, but it was also like my parents prepped me though, like big stuff. And I, I was I was trying to be cool, but in my head, yeah, Dude, I was like, no, you can't be cool in that moment. In, in my head, I'm like, I am really like right here. Like I'm doing this, no, yeah. Because it, yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter what the outside looks like. The inside, oh, we're yeah. all the same. My we're going, oh, what am doing I doing? Jumping jacks, like, are you serious? And and it's so funny because that that light was really bright on stage. <laughs> and a couple people said that I, it's like I started slow, but if I was starting like I was like, don't stumble over the words. Be, mm-hmm. And they put up a, they put up teleprompters right there, and so they had it literally like, okay, turn. Right. So then you turn and read. Then it says turn. There's a couple of yeah, two or three. Right? Of, yeah. And they do a good job because they're clear. So they're not distracted. But I think that would throw me off because I've seen those. At the I, political stuff. See, I, I actually helped me. That, because, it was good. And because, you know, they know cameras are on you. So they don't want the cameras blocking your face and stuff yeah. like that. So it was like I looked really good. I had on the suit and it was like turn. OK, read. And then it, it was I read this part of the prompter. Then it was like turn. And it was a speech I wrote. And I, I remember that what really hit me, interestingly enough, was the chairman of the Republican Party of Arkansas. His name was Ed Gillespie, okay, Uh really famous political operative, ended up being the chief of staff for Bush. When he edited my speech, I was like, wait a minute. The RNC chair is editing before you went up. My spe- yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, because they said, "Hey, we're gonna you know clean it up a little bit." Sure, that's what happens when you've been in office, right. you've been a senator, and you got mm-hmm. your communications director. You know, 
editing your speech. Like, Ed Gillespie. (laughs) That's pretty big. Like, that was crazy. Yeah, it it was those little moments like that are when, like, they had me in a limo, a car everywhere. And it was like interview, 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 CBS, NBC, ABC. It was just boom, 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 boom. And it was, yeah, it was like you're a celebrity. Like, it was just get her here, get her there. And I feel like all your life experiences kind of prep you for later. Like, you know, later I'm going to be doing this again mm-hmm. for something else. Yeah. Right. So I know, I know how to act. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Like <laughs> you mentioned George Bush, uh, George W. Bush and Laura Bush, right? Yep. This is, this is after nine 11. Right. Oh yeah. After nine 11. Yeah. But yeah. like all of a sudden he, he became like, yeah, he was president, but he rallied the troops yes. in America, 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 red, white, and blue and stuff like that. What was that experience like? I really think that's why he got reelected. I think America felt like we don't need to change presidents right mm-hmm. now. Like we need to kind of stay the course. Uh, I would say. Can I you think, picture him on the ground oh, with abs- everybody around him abs- and he's rallying the troops? Absolutely. Yeah. And he did. I mean, that that's that's what a good president He was does. perfect in the moment. Yeah. And even like you can go back to the Oklahoma City bombing. Bill Clinton, he was really good mm-hmm. after the Oklahoma City bombing. But President Bush, yes, he, that was, you know, my generation. He he was so good at comforting the American people and saying, hey, the people who did this will hear from us soon. And I think ultimately. Oh, gosh, it was yes, so you good. Said, it was such a good speech. So he said, I hear you. And he's like, the people who did this are going to hear from America. And everybody was like, pro-America, mm-hmm. pro-America. Mm-hmm. So I do believe that is largely why he was able to win that reelection. Yep. And even in my speech, I, I talked about service even in my speech. Even in that speech, it was about service. Like what I'm doing right now with We Are Neighbors, <laughs> like yeah. every if you look at everything I've done, it's all folded into sort of the same theme, which is leave the world better than you found it. So, yeah, it was really surreal to meet him in person, to talk to him. They Laura Bush had seen my speech mm-hmm. and she told me she was like, hey, I watch because it was the next day that they had me do a one on one meeting with them at Air Force One. With Connolly's rice and Wait, Laura, on the plane, it was like so. Or basically, outside the plane? it was outside. So yeah. basically, when the when the president lands, if you watch whatever state he's in, mm-hmm. they call certain people to to be a greeter. It's called a greeter okay. when he gets off the plane. That's crazy. Sometimes he got people with him. Yeah. So they said, "Hey, Princella Smith is going to be your greeter because he had not actually touched down in New York yet, right? Like they were." The president didn't get there till like the last, but they were watching the whole convention. Oh, sure, yeah. So they come down the stairs, he and Laura Bush, <laughs> and Laura said, hey, I watched your speech on television. Oh, my You did gosh. such a good job. And, and President like, Bush. like, boom! Was, yeah, he's like, yeah, you, you're just very articulate, very good. Speaker, and all that. That's and then so cool. he said, I want you to meet another articulate person. And did I he said, say strategic? You know, he didn't say strategic. <laughs> he said, I want you to meet another articulate person. And I look up, and Connelly's Rice walks down the stairs. Wow. And that was like uh, some people listening, though, if they're young, you might oh, not know. Yeah, yeah, Condoleezza Rice, black woman, yeah. uh, Secretary of State. At the time, she was the uh, National Security Advisor, but he was about to make her Secretary of State. Yeah. I, she was like, I just looked up to her. You I don't like to Jesus be her. Like, yeah, you yeah. kind of want to. It's like that's the trajectory I want to be on. So she walks <laughs> down, and they had. I told, bet you're like, get away, Bush, go. Yeah, like it was like he was laughing because he was like, that's who she wants to meet. It's Condoleezza Rice, and she was smiling, and she was so warm. Mm-hmm. I have been tongue tied very few times in my life, mm-hmm. and I was like, words were tumbling out. I said. Oh, it's so nice to meet you, uh, Dr. Rice. Oh, my God, I, 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 I've read a book about you, and I love you. And, and she said, well, someday I'll be reading a book about you. Dang, dude. Like, that woman does not know forever 
I will remember her telling me Change. someday yeah. I will be reading a book about you. And I still, whatever your political views are, Condoleezza Rice is an impressive oh, gosh. individual. Okay, she's and as from, a woman, as just a, a, yes. a plain woman, to see a woman be able to, I don't know, be that smart oh, and yes. that successful is really and cool. smooth. I mean, she's a she was a figure skater. She's a concert pianist, a doctorate degree. Uh, she's a provost at Stanford. Stanford went to Notre Dame, and then you're the national security advisor, and then the first black woman secretary of state. Mm-hmm. The woman, she, she bad. Yeah. <laughs> she's a rock star. <laughs> she really is. Like I said, regardless you regardless of whether you agree respect. with her politically, mm-hmm. you that lady is demanding of respect, and so. Somebody had told them, like, they said, who, who you know, who does she, she want to meet? And she said, hey, she wants to meet Condoleezza Rice. So they set that up. Like, it was just, yeah, they set that up for me to meet her. Do you think, because I hear you get fired up when you talk about the political stuff. And I know yeah, we're not going to talk. It's still in me. It's still in me. It's still in me, bro. Do you think there's ever going to come a point where you jump yes, back in? Yes. I used yep. to tell it like, right now, it's it's silly season. I don't even think anybody will argue with me right now that politics is in silly season yeah, right no. now. But I do. I think eventually. Where, here? Arkansas? I would love for it to be Arkansas. I mean, that's that's what my heart is. I don't care where I live in the world. Like, mm-hmm. when I lived in Israel, when I lived in China, when I lived in D.C., even currently living in Nashville, which has been very good to me, my heart is here. Mm-hmm. I am an Arkansan, right? Yeah. Like, at the end of the day. Um, so I just, yeah, I mean, I, you know, you know, like uh, Tom Cotton, right? You know, he he went overseas, he fought, he he went to Harvard. But what did, where, where did he run for office? He came back home. He came back here. Yeah. Like, even, like, regardless, Republican, Democrat, whatever, like. Well, Sarah Sanders you, was in Washington, D.C. Right, then you go back come home. back. Yeah. Like, that's, Arkansas does that to you. And I think it's because. It's a small state. I think it's because on on a certain level, we're just all connected. Mm-hmm. And I just think once you're from here, that's what it is. So if anything, yeah, I would love to be governor of this state one day. Like I, I see right. visions for happen. I want young people to feel like they can stay here, mm-hmm. stay in Arkansas and survive and thrive. Mm-hmm. Because there's so many good things about us. The the natural state, the natural resources mm-hmm. we have, the people who the are people. here. Do you know we actually have a World Trade Center in northwest Arkansas? Com- compliments of Senator John Bozeman. Yeah, he, he really? did a lot to get here. We have a lot. You can reach the world from Arkansas. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of billionaire companies and groups that I just we, we can got a lot reach of the world from here. this right here in our yeah, hands. Yeah, you can. At this point. Yeah, yeah, I just think you know, I, that's that's somewhere. You know what? I don't know what the Lord's going to do, but in my mind, that's somewhere just in the future somewhere. How old do you know? Uh, I am 39. Oh, about to be 40, right? Uh, yeah, I will yeah. be 40 October 12th. Uh-oh, she's going to join the group. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm almost in the club, man. You know what's We're crazy? We're going to outpace her the whole time, you know? You know what's crazy, though? Like, people are like, I'm like, dude, I'm good. I don't, I'm not one of these people that's like, man, I wish I was 25. Like, I know, do you know how much smarter I am oh now? Like, I, I think I'm I'm about to slay 40s, bro. I'm mm-hmm. ready for 40s. I'm, no. So the forties are my best my best time yet. Because you're you're old enough to know better, mm-hmm. but you're still young enough to be like, I enjoy this decade. You still know, I, do I, stuff. Yeah. Oh still. yeah, you're um like I don't know about y'all. I don't feel old now. I make jokes all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I, I make jokes about getting older, but to be honest, man, I still bound out of bed. Mm-hmm. I still do what I need to do. I don't. I, I feel now that I've got the world experience to just not make stupid decisions. Yeah. Wouldn't it be awesome to be able to go back with today's intelligence yes. and knowledge and do stuff that we did fifteen and twenty stuff, years? Oh ago. yeah, you you give me this knowledge at twenty five, I probably already <laughs> am the president at that point. Yeah. So, but you know, life experience is good. Is yeah. is good. So. No, and that's the whole thing. It's all about the journey. It's it is. all of it that comes up to where we are today. And then in 20 years, we'll say the same thing. Hey, I'm better now than I used to be because I've learned over all this And stuff. then I want to say this too. I, I, un, we have had an unusually 
large amount of I, I graduated in 2002 from Wynn High School. We've had an unusually large amount of people in my class die. Mm-hmm. And I've been to way too many funerals. And so when people talk to me about 40. I'm like, you, do you know how grateful I am to get to 40? Mm-hmm. You know many people didn't make it to 40? Like, yeah. Princella is good, bro. Yeah. Thank you, God. You know, like mm-hmm. I said, we're, we're, we're not in October 12th yet, but if the Lord say the same, Come on I'm going to make it to 40. <laughs> and I will celebrate. Like, I am not. Like, hey, I'm middle-aged. <laughs> I'm glad. Yeah, still be a rock star, Listen, man. man, I'm still a rock star. I'm good, bro. Your best is yet to come, right? Yeah, 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 yeah I'm good. So, again, you guys can find out more about We Are Neighbors. It's weareneighbors.us. Thank and again, you. Uh, we're looking for volunteers. We're looking for hands-on helpers. We're looking for people who want to put in some sweat equity to help the people in win, and then we'll carry it on, and we'll move it to different areas when the need is there. Uh, but we appreciate you coming in and driving all the way in and hanging out with us. And uh, we took a whole bunch of your time. Uh, but we enjoyed your story, and uh, thanks for talking to us. No, thank you guys for giving this time. I know it, getting your platform is very competitive. I know people are always trying to pitch you to get on the show. So I appreciate you for, for doing this for my, my little hometown of Wynn, Arkansas. And like I said, guys, if you can go to weareneighbors.us or 615-490-2890 is my number. Uh, look, if you belong to a church, right, mm-hmm. you can take a supply list to your church and yep, say, that's good. these are things they need, mm-hmm. right? Call me. I will give you the list. Cabinets, sinks, plywood. This is something else you can do, right? Yep. Call me. 615-490-2890. Princella Smith. Get ready for a yellow jacket comeback. Yep. And yellow jacket comeback. As they say, once a jacket. Always, always a, a jacket. jacket.